is this going to change our behaviors in the clinic and our methods for taking care of things going forward, right? We talk about, well, should we be doing more on Zoom, for example, virtually? Should we be making patients wash their hands every time they come in? What, what habits have we learned from this? I mean, I made a joke in one of the other webinars. It's like, at least now everyone's going to start washing their hands when they come out of the bathroom, right? <laughs> so, I mean, what, what other new, you know, we talk about new normal. So Nancy, I'll start with you. It's like, what, what other changes should we adapt from what we've been doing in this era? I mean, I think this is going to be a situation that's going to be going on for a long time where even when essential businesses, we're going to have to be allowed to be opened at some point. So when patients come in, we're going to have to see one patient at a time. We can't have a lot of people sitting in the waiting room or make sure if there are two people in the waiting room that they're spaced further apart, the patients should be wearing masks when they come in. Our staff should all be wearing masks. We should be cleaning excessively and disinfecting everything, every doorknob and every, I give patients squeeze balls for procedures and I was thinking about, oh, and, and mirrors that we give them to hold. Um, so I think that someday we'll be a little bit back to more normal, but it's probably gonna be in the next year that we're gonna be taking excessive precautions just to be able to be completely open and run our business and be able yeah. to take care of patients the way that they want us to. Yeah, because the, the next flu epidemic or something like it could be right around the corner again. Right, mm -hmm. and geez, you brought up a good line, of it, which you always do because you're my brother. So uh, they have the line about the line in the sand for reopening the office. How, how flexible is that line? Are we looking into May or are we looking even into Memorial Day? I mean, that line can't be that far out. Yeah, you know, initially we started booking people uh, May 4th uh, and forward, and and I, I don't think we're going to hit that. I think it might be a little further out. So, you know, uh, we, we're kind of mentally moving it to mid-May, and now we're kind of looking at mentally moving it to June. So we haven't rescheduled those patients yet because I don't want to do it multiple times, but we're, we're definitely watching that on a day-to-day -day basis. So a lot of it's going to be when things peak, right? That's one thing we're looking for. The other thing we're looking for is, um, you know, testing and when that becomes more available, especially antibody testing. I think once that comes out, though, it'll be a game changer because then you can, you know, know that the people coming through are uh, at least, uh, or at least are for our staff too. Like I, I'd love to get them all tested to see who has antibodies and, you know, who should be in the office, who shouldn't. The other thing I, I would ask you guys to consider is like, we, we've been good about staying in touch with our local hospitals, because uh, we're in Illinois, we're required to be on staff at a hospital. So, um, and so I'm on staff at three different ones. So I look at their stuff that they do every day and it changes, right? So like uh, they've changed their guidelines on how you can use and preserve uh, personal protective equipment like the N95 mask, you know, um, and regular surgical mask you can keep now for a week. Uh, just put them in a paper bag. And so, you know, and I'm sure it varies locally. So check with your local hospital and try to follow their guidelines because that could help you save a lot of personal protective equipment and, and leave it for the, the people that are uh, really needing it on the front lines. You know, I mean, we'll have to do a procedure here or there, but, you know, we shouldn't be the ones consuming a lot of that. So uh, there's a lot of good learnings that are going on at these hospitals, and I, I think you can't go wrong if you follow your local guidelines. Oh, that's that's really real important for all of us. And I know the academies worked on putting that into the websites with the 
some of the updates they're working with, um, you know, not only CDC, but also, you know, the, some of the things that are going on in the hospitals. And uh, hopefully we can all follow kind of some of that advice. Uh, I'll give yeah, you guys, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's happened where you guys are, but I mean, it, here it is, it's, and it's been universal masking for about a week. So pretty much anybody that comes in is supposed to be wearing a mask and, and all that. And you're, you know, the employees at the hospital, when they walk in, they get temperature scanned and they get a paper bag and they get one mask and they put a date on the bag and their name on the mat bag and they keep it in there and yeah. unless it gets soiled they have to hold on to it for a week and, and keep reusing that mask and you know i think that's that's been really good just to get people in that practice so other yeah. problem right now is the allergy season right so people are like coughing and and and, and every time somebody coughs everybody looks right so, oh, you, you, uh, can't, so you can't cough without uh, thinking someone's going to come after you so, so that's, you know, so I'm kind of glad they went to the universal masking. I, I think that's been really good because at least, you know, that keeps from the droplets somewhat from getting aerosolized. Yeah. Well, in California, and Nancy, you know the same. It's a, if, if you don't have a mask on, it was looking at you like they want to just, you know, put, pull you over. So. Yeah. I was at the grocery store yesterday and I, I was looking at people who didn't have masks on. I'm like, what, what are you doing? Um, yeah. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is how we are now. It's the movie. It's the movie we didn't want to watch. That's the thing. I actually found, I wanted to, I like letting everybody know about this, this find that I um, found. One of my patients, she actually owns a company. She's a chef and she makes aprons and they've transitioned their business to using their apron fabric to making masks for just for community use, not for medical use. But you can put an insert into the mask um, that you can cut out from a, a vacuum bag, HEPA filter. And they're saying that it's almost equivalent to an N95 mask. Oh, that's good. That's, those are the kind of things that we, we could definitely use the pearls on without it looking mm -hmm. like a homemade uh, bad experiment. Right? So that, yeah, that so is I think it's, it's probably going to be better than a bandana, not the same as a, a medical grade mask, but something that we could use when we're out in the community and feel safer. That's great. So guys, in the interest of time, I'll, I'll give you each uh, five seconds to give us the last pearl. Uh, Deirdre, I'll start with you. A pearl I would share is that, you know, we all know that our, we're good injectors and good results are important, but that relationships are important. So I would just really encourage people to stay in touch with patients. We're using this time to survey some of our VIP patients and just give them a chance to either have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with us or just email us any thoughts that they would do to implement in the practice to make it even better. Nancy, how about you? We use a lot of social media. That's been a platform um, that's brought in a lot of my business. So a lot of my patients are following. And normally as a, you know, as a non-millennial, I'm not a huge fan of putting myself out there on social media, but I have been recently and I've been putting more time into doing stories on my Instagram. And I feel like patients really like it. A lot of them are you know, making comments or communicating with me. And I feel like that's a good way to stay in touch with our patients. Ashish, how about you? I would say, you know, two things. Stay in touch with your patients and, and keep in contact. Well, and then also your employees, right? Because people that you have possibly furloughed or aren't working with you, you know, it's good to stay in touch with them and see how they're doing because you're going to get busy and you're going to need them back and if you want them back. Uh, and then uh, the, the second thing is stay in touch with your colleagues because, you know, you, you want to know what's going on, kind of what is standard of care right now in, in your community and 
you know, the question you asked about the line in the sand, you know, that's going to be a collective decision. Um, and so, you know, you don't want to be first in line on that one, uh, right. but you don't want to be late to the party either. So, you know, stay in touch with your, your local community and uh, your, your, your colleagues because uh, they're, they're, we, we've got very smart colleagues and so we should kind of tap into that. Yeah. Kevin, how about you? Yeah, I will echo all of those comments. Uh, I think uh, this is our time to, again, not isolate, it's to stay in touch, stay in touch with our, our families, uh, our loved ones, our colleagues, our staff, and certainly our patients. Uh, keep our patients surprised of what's going on. Again, show empathy, be transparent. And, and I don't think this is our time to necessarily uh, be afraid and hide. It's really, I think we, we want to put a little bit of a positive spin on this if we can. We're, we're all great at what we do. This is our opportunity to get even better at what we do and prepare for that time when we're able to cross that line in the sand. Yeah, I mean, the, the lessons of what not to do or what to stop doing are probably just as important as what to do from here, right? And, and I think we can all take a look back at what we have been doing in our practices and making practice better, you know, and then learning quite a bit from what the patient experience has been too. So I think it's good. I mean, selfishly, I, I had you for because I miss you guys and I haven't seen you. I, had, I needed to see your, your four smiley faces and hear your voices because I'm going through withdrawal. Uh, so, that's kind so of you. Selfishly, you. That, that's why we're doing this. Actually, I just got a, I just got a text. Ashish, those two patients that you turned away, they just text me about coming in for Botox. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this when it comes out, but also, uh, again, you guys did great. This is good perspective from, you know, again, the practice management side, you know, how we're managing aesthetics and just thinking in terms of what, what we all need to be ready for when the, when the doors reopen again. So, uh, Deirdre, you and Christian and the family be safe. Kevin, you and Kim and the family be safe. Thanks. Thank you and Josh and the dogs be safe. Thank you. Brother Batia and Tanya, say hi to the gang. And uh, you guys did well. And uh, this has been another installment of the Quarantine Quorum, and we'll see you all next time.